Hi to my and welcome um, to our second um, episode of Voices of Regen for 2022. If you haven't listened to our first episode of Voices of Regen, then go back and give that a listen. Um, in that conversation, Matt and I, Claire, have a, a bit of a korero, a conversation about what we see um, happening in the regeneration space for 2022. And in this second episode, we're really excited to be bringing on a really special guest, our first guest um, this year, who is doing some brilliant work to revitalize Te Reo Māori and the Māori culture in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, so today we've got Pirapi Rangihaita as our guest. Um, as I said, he does some really cool work in the Māori language world. Um, you might like to call him a Māori language facilitator or a kaiāko. Um, but I'm going to hand to Pirapi to tell us a little bit more about him and his work. So Pirapi, over to you. We'd love to hear more about um, you and your mahi and, and what you do. Uh, tēnā koe e hoa o te rā ki a koutou nā whānau e whakarongo mai nei, tēnā tātou katoa. Um, Claire, thank you for the warm introduction e hoa, and um, a big mihi also to Matt, and, and to your listeners, um, kia ora e te whānau, my name is uh, Piripi Rangi Hayata. Um, my father's from a little place called Pātea, uh, which is in South Taranaki. And my mum is from another little place called Whangara, which is between um, Gisborne and Tolaga Bay on the east coast of the uh, North Island. Um, I'm one of four, and we are all uh, Māori facilitators or te reo Māori teachers around the country. Um, so Fetu, Fetu is big brother. Uh, he runs his own business as well in, um, in Wellington. I'm number two, and Jolene, or Jojo, is number three. She's a te reo Māori teacher up in Gisborne. And our baby sister, Mere, is also a um, te reo Māori teacher in the early childhood sector, and I'm about to head into the adult uh, sector as well. So we're all Māori teachers. It, it happened. Um, it just happened. Um, none of us wanted to be um, teachers growing up. Um, I wanted to be a police officer. And if not in the police force, um, the SAS and the army. So those were my childhood dreams um, growing up. Um, I was quite a uh, extreme introvert, um, believe it or not. I'm a bit of a jabber jaws now, but I was quite an extreme introvert growing up. And um, I did my undergrad qualification through Waikato University. And, and, I, and I have a memory um, when I was uh, my second year at Waikato, um, on a Saturday, I was playing rugby union, and on a Sunday, I was playing rugby league. And I can't recall ever going to an after-match function with teammates. Um, I would always um, try to get out of it, uh, make up excuses, etc. And, and one of the main reasons is that I struggled with um, um, speaking, public speaking, or just stringing a sentence together. So, so to be the centre of attention um, didn't come naturally at all. Then all of a sudden, maybe a few years down the track, um, I had a memory of, of our uh, maternal grandmother. So, so she, was a, she was a native speaker. And um, when we were children growing up on our marae, uh, whangara, um, she always encouraged us to, to, to um, when we become adults, to give this back, to give the language and the culture uh, back to people and at the time I was only 11 11 or 12 at the time and and I thought um I thought to myself 
Um, gee, gee, that's quite a heavy thing to say, Nanny. Um, until now, and we've all ended up being um, um, teachers giving this back. So, so twenty twenty two is my eleventh year running my own little um, consultancy firm, I guess, um, based in Wellington. And over that period of time, um, I've had the absolute pleasure to um, to work alongside um, upwards of 80, 80, 80 different organisations, not just in Aotearoa, but um, overseas as well. And before the before the first lockdown, um, the COVID lockdown, um, I would travel to places um, uh, like Hong Kong, um, China, Japan and Dubai, parts of Australia, Bali, Fiji, um, giving, giving this back, giving the culture uh, back to people um, that wanted to learn. So it's been an amazing journey, Fano, um, you know, taught thousands of people um, of all different backgrounds, um, all different job, job titles, I guess, and I've always had this rule um, that whether you're the CEO, um, ELT, a manager, um, intern, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everyone, everyone gets treated the same. So I feel I feel quite fortunate to be able to do something that I love doing, um, which is which is getting to uh, meet people and to empathise with people and to share share the journey with people, um, to do something that I absolutely um, love and passionate about and to be able to make a living from it is just a bonus so so this is year number 11 um it's extremely busy uh, at the moment and i know we'll probably delve into the space um throughout the podcast so in a nutshell whanau that's me um i um you know have a have a young whanau as well and and they're the um uh the the heartbeat of my being so a lot of a lot of what i'm doing at the moment um is trying to give my whānau a better tomorrow, so to speak. So I'll leave it there for now. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Ewa, and I'm handing it back. Tēnā koe. Oh, kia ora, Pirapi. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Um, so, you know, today in, in, in this conversation, we're going to really be exploring um, the role, Pirapi, that your work is playing in regenerating, um, you know, the Māori language, Māori culture, across Aotearoa New Zealand. And it was really exciting to hear you talk about um, particularly how you're supporting that change through, you know, organizations, through businesses. You talked about um, working with, you know, leaders from, 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 you know, leaders and executive leadership teams to interns. Um, and so I think that's something that is so exciting and important for our business community, especially. Um, one thing that, we'd love to explore to sort of get our conversation rolling about regeneration is what regeneration means to you. So there are lots of different definitions of regeneration and at Voices of Regen, we like to think about regeneration as going beyond sustainability. So it's about not only doing less harm, but, it, but genuinely giving back more than we take and leaving places better than we find them. So, Pirapi, based on your work, what does a regenerative future look like to you? Um, or what are your hopes for the future of Te Reo Māori? That's a great question. Absolutely fantastic question, Eva. Um, 
I love I love that I love what you just said that that um to to give back to give it back you know and and not to take become a take 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 etc absolutely love that and and that resonates with me big time um and and to try and give you a um a picture of where in the hope to answer the question I'd like to use what I call the moi moya circle and moi moya means to dream so the dream circle you know and, and if I and if I could chuck in there I'm going to go straight to the extreme end and hopefully hopefully try and work back from that you know my, my hope in this space and, and I only speak for myself I don't speak for Maori um, as a whole I don't speak for hapu or my sub-tribe um, I don't even speak for my siblings they all have their own um, their own um, awaha um, and they're able to they're on their own journey as well so I, I speak solely as pitipi rangi hayata as a facilitator of te reo maori and in my dream circle well, um, probably the first one I'll put in there is um you know I don't want the language to die I just do not want the language to die and um that may sound a wee bit extreme but if we look into the history of Aotearoa New Zealand um um and if you're able to to track the journey of just the language over the past few decades um you'll get an inkling into into how close the language did come to to dying I guess um just like the more so so I would like to be able to um um, play my part in ensuring that that doesn't happen. Um, there was a there was a act passed in 1867, I think it was, and it was enforced right up to 1969. That decreed that only English was to be the uh, language spoken in um, our schooling system. And the reason why I bring that up is that my um, Maternal and maternal grandparents um, were all fluent speakers, so they were they were um, uh, disciplined, to put it kindly, um, um, at school. So so if they were caught speaking Te Reo Māori, um, they were disciplined for it, and they were disciplined for it uh, for a lot of reasons. And and I was lucky enough to have a have a court or with my uh, uh, talk with my um koro, my paternal grandfather. And the the memories, the memories um, that he brought up around that one act. Now this is an act, and it brought him to tears that he could recall um, uh, moments at school when he was disciplined. Um, his his fano, his relatives, his fanonga were all disciplined, and and as a kid, you can imagine the um, um, the how scared he and others would have been um the reason why it was done and all that sort of stuff so 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 my my koro in particular he, he decided not to pass the language on um to to my father etc etc so so this one heck this one act had a detrimental um, effect on on the maori language and and it just about became extinct so if we track that through to where we are now you know, we're doing okay. So, so my hope long term is that the language um, doesn't die; that it that it has a unique place in Aotearoa, New Zealand. 
The other thing I'd like to put into my moi moi circle, my dream circle, whatever, is uh, there, there's this famous Māori proverb that goes like this. Um, Whaia te iti kahurangi ki te tuohu koe mehe maunga teitei. And um, it translates to um, reach for the stars. If you are to bow, let it only be to a, a lofty mountain. You know, to set goals, to set dreams, to set aspirations. Um, in the space um, and, and to leave a legacy behind, leave something behind, um, to know that when the time comes to depart this earth, that you've left something behind for the next generation or generations coming through, that, that you've had a positive impact in the space on, on strangers that have come into the classroom and that have left with a smile or an imprint on their heart. So that proverb in itself resonates with me and is, a, and is indicative of the way that I facilitate. Um, and you'll know too, clear that um, it's all in the trying, you know, to show empathy towards the learner, um, to, to show manaki, these key concepts, manaki tanga, to look after people, aroha nui ki te tangata, to show love towards people, um, to challenge people knowing that if they're brave enough to step through the door, so to speak, that they'll be okay. So that's one of my goals is to, as well, is to play my part in ensuring that when I give this back, the language and the culture back to people, over to people, is to know that they will now become the carriers of a tonga or, or um, and that they have a responsibility of this treasure. Uh, and if I target pronunciation, for example, that they have the courage to, to turn, let's say, taupo into taupo, aotearoa into aotearoa, without, without being, um, if I'm to say, demonised by it. You know, so, so these are my lofty goals in my dream circle. Um, my short-term short goals as well in this space, ever is to is to ensure is to ensure that that the language if we just target the language is that the language has a place has a place in um not just the government sector and not just the corporate sector but also in society um and that's a short term goal for me um to to play a part in the journey um, of its survival um I, I would like to also add to that um that over the past, that over the past uh, 10, 10, or even five, five to 10 years, there's been a huge uptake, a huge uptake of the language in, in these sectors, uh, especially the government sector. And it's pleasing to see, um, because it wasn't that long ago where, where it wasn't seen as a, as a cool thing to learn. Um, and, and to see that transformation over such a short period of time, we're on the right path. We're on the right path, everyone. Tēnā koe. Oh, Pirapi, there was so much in that answer. Um, and I think something that really, really resonated was when you talked about, you know, the history and particularly your family's, um, your whānau's experience um, with te reo Māori. And I think, um, you know, really disappointingly, we see that sort of, negative effect of western colonial culture across so many parts of the world and um you know a lot of our conversations about regeneration 
fundamentally come down to healing um, from, you know, a lot of nasty rubbish things that have happened in the past. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people in New Zealand are sort of, and I'm sure in, in, in lots of other parts of the world too, are kind of navigating this place of um, how do we make up for those wrongs of the past and how do we start to heal from, from those terrible things that were done? You know, that example that you gave of um, Tereya Māori being, you know, stripped um, from, from your whānau and from your ancestors is so wrong. And um, even from a personal perspective, I think about, you know, Pirapi, how you and I met um, with you doing mm-hmm. some, some beautiful work at um, our workplace at Akina to help teach our team, you know, a little bit more about the Māori language and help us to progress our own te reo Māori journeys. And I think, you know, at Akina, um, fundamentally, you know, we exist as an organisation to make the world a better place and yeah. to create a positive impact in the world. Yeah. And I think for us, something that we'd realised as a team was that a lot of us um, have come from these sort of Pākehā um, Western colonial backgrounds and, you know, we may not have been, and, you know, not many of us were sort of brought up with this, um, you know, a a good hold and and an understanding of Te Reo Māori. And we were, you know, many of us in our team, definitely including myself, um, are very much in the early stages of our Te Reo journey. And so to have you come in um, with, you know, such kindness and so much warmth towards our team and sort of help us take those first steps on a Te Reo Māori journey and also make it a really accessible thing for us to do was so important. Um, and also, Pirapi, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but when we sort of finished our official lessons with you last year, um, our team, we still have weekly catch-ups to sort of continue progressing our journey together and to, to practice oh, the things that you've taught us, especially our pronunciation. Oh, um, and so, yeah, I, so I suppose from a personal perspective, I wanted to say thank you for that and also to recognize um, sort of in a real life example, the, the real impact that you're having in regenerating um, Te Reo Māori sort of across more of the business sector in New Zealand, particularly using our team at Akina as an example. Oh, awesome. Um, so we have another person um, in this podcast, my co-host Matt, um, who's sort of been sitting quietly in the background up until now, um, but we'd really love to hear from Matt as well. So what I'm going to do now is hand over to you, Matt, um, to see if you have any questions for Pirapi. Yora, thank Kia ora. you. So much, Pirabi, for sharing and, and laying these foundations. And, and Claire, I, I think to be able to watch your journey um, with Tereo Māori uh, across the, the past six plus months and to, to see the impact, Pirabi, uh, I can also vouch that um, in meetings, I've noticed um, more language coming into the way that Claire communicates. And, and I think for me, as someone here uh, across um, uh, in Melbourne on Boomerang country uh, and as part of the, the Kula nation here. Um, I really, uh, it's something that I look across uh, the ditch and think, wow, you know, I really respect this cultural regeneration that is going on. And, and 
through some of the work that Regeneration Projects is engaging in supporting elders and culture carriers and really elevating that knowledge. I think um, it's just, yeah, it's so nice to be meeting you and and to weaving, uh, to be weaving this story together. And I think one of the one of the things that that res really resonated um, with what you were saying is that the goal that you have with the potential impact on society that um, uh, Tierra Reo Mari uh, can create beyond the corporate and government space really resonated and I guess through this podcast we really encourage an open space for people to be unapologetically bold and and so I'm I'm curious what just to dive into that picture a little bit more what do you think that those greater impacts could be on society um, and that perhaps the steps that Claire and organisations like Akina are taking are the, the small seeds, but there is much more energy and growth to come. I'd love to hear more of what you see. Kia ora, tēnā koe, Mati, absolutely. Well, another great question. Um, you know, um, I think um, I like I like I like how you phrased your question too. It was um, you know not not to hold back, giving me giving me the green light just to just to go for it, just to go for it. And um, and you know the history of of Aotearoa in New Zealand, uh, it's a rich history. It, it's one that's filled up filled with so many twists and turns and and narratives left and right, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And 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 um. And you look at over such a short period of time since um, since uh, uh, the arrival of Maori, um, and then and then um, the explorers um, uh, Tasman um, and Cook, and then settlers, then the signing of the Declaration of Independence um, in 1835, and then the Treaty of Waitangi in 1840, and the challenges that came post signing and the significance of the year 1975 in, in um, this country's um, um, fabric, um, and then right through to 2022 moving forward. There, there's a lot of chapters in there. And, and, um, and, and I guess, I guess, I guess for me, um, to be able to turn uh, the things that I have put into my dream circle, to try and turn those things into memories is such a lofty goal, um, but one worth um, pursuing, one worth pursuing. And, and, and I guess without, an, and not in any particular order, uh, to, achieve, to achieve those things is, as I feel that we need to look at to be to be bold enough as a as a people as a nation to look at the history of Aotearoa, to really look at it to to make it um, um I wouldn't say mandatory but to make it accessible in our in our educational system and and I know I know there are plans in that space already. Um, and, and not to not to so much concentrate on all the unicorns and rainbows, you know, things like that. To be to look at the tough stories, like what I just raised today, those tough stories um, um, about um, about um, English being the only language to be spoken in schools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And to be to be mature enough as a as a nation to be able to listen to be able to listen, um, to digest it, 
and and then to come up with your own um, with your own um, narrative from there. I, I also think that it's important not for it to be a blame game, personally. You know, not not to blame um, not to blame people, not to blame those that came before, et cetera, et cetera. Especially if we're, because this has to go both ways, transparency, this has to go both ways um, um, for us to move forward. And that, that's, a, that's a lofty goal there. Um, it's, it's a lofty goal because there are, there are people out there, there will be pushback in this space. Uh, and there is pushback. Uh, as an individual uh, or as a nation, how do we ensure that we bring those people that are that way inclined on board um, tech? Uh, not going on the tech. We're moving there. We're moving in the space. And, and, and if I use examples like uh, One News or Three News, um, most of the presenters, their pronunciation uh, absolutely unbelievable it's really good so te reo maori is becoming more mainstream here um it's on the you know on the radio stations um it's um it's um it's on um it's in the government sector it's being normalized um across everywhere so so to be part of this process to be part of this journey is a really cool thing i, I think also Eva, um um to look at to look at what we are doing well in this space um, and to really celebrate that, to acknowledge the successes that we as a as a nation um, um, have achieved over such such a short period of time, and, and also also to acknowledge that there are challenges or widow, that there are challenges that we face, uh, but not to feed that voice, not to feed it. Um, and there's a saying, there's a saying, um, whatever voice you feed, um, you're right, so to speak. So. To acknowledge that we do have challenges as a as a as a small country um, in the space, but not to feed them. To look at solutions and to look at um, way to move forward, and 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 I'll leave I'll leave this with you too, Eva, in terms of real life um real life success stories, and I'll couple that with some um <laughs> with some challenges as well, some stories on a personal level as well. So um, I've been in business for 11 years. Um, I don't know much about business. Um, you know, um, I got into the space based solely on a dream. I just wanted to be my own boss. I didn't know what in, but I, I did want to, um, I did want to uh, uh, answer to no one uh, but myself. So I resigned. I resigned from my job. And usually when you resign from a job, you resign knowing you're going to a job. Uh, but I didn't. I just said, no, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. I'm just going to resign and jump off the cliff figuratively and either going to fly or, or crash. So so 11 years later, um, I still don't have a website. Um, um, my dress, and now Claire, Claire will back me up on this one, um, my dress attire. So even though I'm classed as a consultant, in terms of what I do, you'll never ever see me dressed like. Uh, now I might be stereotyping you, but but uh, you'll never see me in a suit. You'll never ever see me with um, long pants, a flash top, and a flash uh, shoes, and all that sort of stuff. You know, you'll see me in shorts, a guitar around the shoulders, and a bandana. And it's an interesting thing, just that look. So, to your listeners, if you could envisage that, uh, I'm a Maori guy, shorts. A vest, guitar around the shoulders, 
and a bandana. And, and the paradigm shift when I go into some classes, you know, because um, I get the look, looking up and down, and you can see the little gerbil running around and playing a movie. And I always tell people, you know, farmer, um, it's not the clothes that are going to do the teaching. You know, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's me and the way I make you feel to create a safe environment, a fun environment for you to learn. And it's a whole paradigm shift in the way in the way that I do things. So even though I don't have a website per se, um, you know, I think if you treat people like how you would like to be treated, uh, with respect, with aroha, with manaki, um, with hapunotanga. Now the word hapunotanga, a wee bit of a mouthful, it translates to um, to be authentic, to be authentic in this space. So if I tell my class that I'm going to look after you, then I'm going to look after you, you know, because the opposite to that is this thing called um, <laughs> ha wero or hot wind, hot wind, where it's all about just talking and there's no, there's no, um, there's no mana behind it. So, you know, we were, you know, moving forward, moving forward, um, I can only do what I'm doing at the moment. And then and, and, um, the values that I've had from day one, and I've mentioned them throughout the podcast, those key values, manaki tanga, hapono tanga, um, aroha kite tangata, those key values play such a huge part in, in, um, in what I do. And, and if these values ever change, so for example, if it all became about money, following the money, then I'm doing this for the wrong reason, doing it for the wrong reason. So, so 11 years down the track, still love it, still love it. I love this giving back, what you guys are all about. Absolutely love that, to give it back, to give it back um, instead of being a take, take, take to such a point where it all becomes about just taking there's got to be um, there's got to be some balance in there and um, and and um, that whole thing of giving back to the community. However you do it, I think it's so important, so important, Eva. So Noreda met Tinakwe. Oh, thank you so much for that, Pirapi. I think um, particularly what you said about um, you know what what you wear at work and um, you know the clothing that you wear. I think as a consultant. Um, something that you see so much is people getting really caught up in ego. And I think, you know, therapy, I can definitely talk from experience, the way that you bring your authentic self to work um, enables us as your clients in, in that situation or, you know, as your students to bring our authentic selves to work, um, oh. which means that we can all connect on so much more of a human level and, um, you know, actually make progress and, and do the mahi, do the work that we're all there to do. So oh. I think that just resonated so much with me with me when you said that. And I think that's something that, you know, um, as consultants or teachers or, you know, anyone in the business community, I think that's something we can learn so much from is sort of showing, um, you know, that manaki, that respect and, you know, showing love, aroha. Um, to the people that we're working with and sort of not getting too caught up in our own egos, I think is so important. I, I, because I um, because I see it at times, at times, and, and to be fair, it's not with um, it's not with everybody. Um, um, but to to feel the elephant in the room where you feel like you've been um judged, 
um, against whatever whatever criteria that they have in their in their heart and mind, and then and then to break that down, to break that down over the duration of let's say a workshop or a course, and and you see the paradigm shift in their thinking, you know that it's okay, that it's okay that you in in my case that you have someone that that dresses like that, um, and that it's okay, okay to fight. Yeah, absolutely. you know and um so it's always uh it's always um it's always a pleasure but also but also ever but also a challenge at times and that's just the way it goes um in this space yeah totally oh awesome i'm putting we're almost out of time but one thing we love to do to wrap up these podcasts is right. to um you know ask you one final question which is if there was one top tip or one action that our listeners could take um, to, you know, support the regeneration of te reo Māori and the Māori culture in Aotearoa, New Zealand, or even across the world, what would it be? What's the one thing that our listeners can do? <laughs> um, so this is going to sound more like, a um, for the listeners, a riddle, a riddle effort. So I guess for... Um, the one thing that, that I that I'll leave for the listeners is whatever you think you're right. Whatever you think you're right. So I'm gonna leave that with the listeners ever. I love that. That's that feels very cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it is. Oh. So I I I well thank you so much, Pitipi. I'm gonna hand over to Matt now to wrap us up. Yeah, thank you, Piripi. Thank you, Claire. It's uh, it's been just such a beautiful thing to be part of this conversation, and uh, I love uh, I love um, I'm not even going to try and build upon. It. I I love your invitation, your prov provocation for the listeners um, to engage how they see. I think if we kind of journey across uh, this conversation. Claire, you, you use the phrase healing being something that is an, is an anchor, you know, for the Voices of Regen podcast. And that really came through strongly in listening to, to Pirapi. But maybe healing in, in ways that we don't always think about. And I think mm -hmm. one of the things that came through was the importance of family and intergeneral, intergenerational relationships in that healing and intercultural um, relationships, the importance of truth telling and, and going into those hard, tough stories and, and releasing that suppression, you know, and if, if we go back into, I think even just um, my own um, path, my ancestors uh, coming from Germany and my, uh, my pa's, my grandfather's mum stopping speaking German. Um, because of, of the way that um, time, you know, navigating during the wars and, and that period. So I think it's things that we can relate to, but we, we do need to understand the way that it shapes um, Aotearoa, New Zealand and Australia and other colonial cultures and the power of creating that space of listening and elevating First Nations knowledge and culture carriers. It's, it just creates so much. And I think another key thing that really jumped out was this phrase that you used around turning your, your dream circle into memories. And 
there's a lot of people that at the moment I'm sure are carrying ideas that they want to start a, re a regen project or a regen business and you know your own journey of overcoming hurdles with public speaking over 11 years and prejudices and quitting a job and um, you know grappling with uh, those things but I think it was the phrase haupo or tanga to be authentic um, that that it's got to be, you know, I guess our guide through all of this. And it's not about, yeah. not just about the money or that profit, but um, it's about giving back. Um, so thank you, Pirapi. Thank you, Claire. And uh, we hope for the listeners have been able to immerse in some beautiful um, Te Reo Māori as we've been listening today. So do keep an eye out uh, for upcoming episodes. Um, but what a way to kick off uh, and feature our first um, guest speaker in Pirupi today. So thank you, Pirupi, and uh, we'll close and, and wrap up now. Kia ora, kia ora, mate. Tēnā koe. <laughs>